Welcome back to another episode of Practical Nutrition. I'm Cassie. I'm Alex. I'm Sarah. And I'm Amanda. And today we are going to talk about new nutrition trends for 2022. Some of these aren't new necessarily, but just kind of what is trending right now. And happy 2022. I'm going to have a hard time with that all year. I know. <laughs> yeah. so, I've heard I know. 2021 like I, 15 times. I know. <laughs> so, 2022 is just a hard thing to say, but, but happy new year, everyone. And this is our first podcast of the year. So we are excited to have another year of awesome content and um, to interact with you guys. So um, so we're going to focus on 10 things that we're seeing and trends are really different than fads. We're not really talking about fads today uh, because trends have a little bit more of a direction that we're going. They're a little bit longer lasting by definition than fads, which you know are very short lived um, and maybe don't have a lot of scientific backing. So, so these are things that we might see more of. We might hopefully see more research on um, so so that's what we're going to talk today about um, not like I said not necessarily fads but more trends so um, and we're not going to dive into a lot of research on each topic because if we did that we would spend the whole podcast on each one so um, so we will, we don't want to keep you here for about five hours so, <laughs> so um, we're just going to give you information just so you have a little bit of info if you hear about these things and um, and then we are going to do some some podcasts on some of this stuff in the future so, um, so you, if you want more information about something specific, let us know. Um, so the first trend we're going to talk about is sustainability. Um, so carbon neutral labeling is showing up on foods. That's going to be something new that you'll see. And so let's talk a little bit about what that means because some people have no idea what is carbon neutral. What does that mean? Yeah. Um, so Alex is going to get us started with yeah, that. Yeah, and I've definitely heard more about it. So yeah. it's interesting to read about it. Greenhouse gases such as carbon dioxide, nitrous oxide, and methane have the ability to trap heat in the atmosphere, which can be harmful to the environment, as we already know. The carbon footprint of a food is the total greenhouse gas emissions caused directly or indirectly by the food. This is calculated by summing the total emissions caused by every stage of the food product, so manufacturing, production, growing, processing, and the use of the food and subtracting how the company offsets this by decreasing the emissions in-house and supporting external projects to decrease emissions. So for example, Google isn't necessarily a food company, but they've purchased high quality carbon offsets to reduce their carbon footprint, so then they're considered a carbon neutral company. Um, and then you can also invest in regenerative solutions for natural ecosystems or helping to conserve at-risk areas, preserving trees, that kind of stuff is how you can be more carbon neutral. That is so interesting. And I think it's confusing yeah. because people think, oh, did they? how did they make this food without producing any carbon? And that's not what it means. Yes. It just means that they're offsetting. So it's kind of like cut down a tree, plant a tree. You know, it's that same kind of concept. Right. Because, you, I mean, you can't necessarily cut it out completely. Yeah. So you, no. offsetting it, that's right. exactly the way to put it. Uh, there's no current entity that controls how the word sustainable is used on food labels, but there are companies that are offering certifications for products such as Climate Neutral, a nonprofit organization, so you may start seeing the certification on different products. So just be careful with marketing. The food industry can be tricky, as we've already found out. Um, Moonshot, which is a product that nobody's really brought up to me. I was just kind of Googling stuff. Um, and that's a brand. They're making climate-friendly crackers. Oh, no way. So <laughs> Moonshot's one to maybe look out for. Um, and then several companies in the UK have been certified, certified as carbon neutral. But the first USA food company called Neutral launched last fall. You can find this brand at Whole Foods. 
Um, so carbon, and they make carbon neutral organic milks and half and half mm -hmm. and stuff. So cool. Yeah, it's interesting. interesting. Here yeah. in Springfield, we don't have a Whole Foods, but maybe some of the um, local yeah. markets will, will get those as well. And just because something doesn't um, have that certification doesn't mean that they're not doing things to help the environment either, but this is just something that you'll start seeing. So yeah. um, here is a little bit more information about carbon footprints and food, which I have found some of this um, really interesting. Yeah. So Sarah's going to talk about this. Yes. So if you didn't know, the average household produces 7.5 tons of carbon dioxide equivalents per year and food equals around 10 to 30 percent of this footprint with food production being the majority of the carbon footprint about 68 percent and then transport being a smaller amount only about five percent and meat has a much higher carbon footprint than vegetables or grains per calorie because of the inefficient process of converting plant energy into meat energy because animals need to eat plants to grow and animal waste and uh, gas production. And so, you know, I have, know a lot of people that have become vegetarian or vegan because of the sustainability, the carbon footprint factor of it. And this is why there is truth behind that. And eating one vegetarian meal per week is more effective at decreasing the carbon footprint print than eliminating food transport for an entire year. That's wow. crazy. I know. <laughs> That's I, so interesting. I know. I found that so interesting. That yep. was one of the most interesting statistics because yeah. you think, oh, eat local to help, but really mm -hmm. you have even a bigger impact with yeah. having one vegetarian. Imagine meal. if we all ate one vegetarian meal know, and right? what kind of impact yeah. it would make. And those are things, you know, that we do encourage our mm -hmm. clients to do. Beans and legumes are vegetarian. Yeah. Meatless Mondays. Or yeah, whatever. absolutely. Yeah. So um, not only can you help your health, your heart health, your risk for diabetes, those things, but you can also help the environment as well. So all good things. Um, and meat choice also makes a difference. So chicken produces seven times less greenhouse gas emissions than beef. So this is a reason why like cows and beef sometimes get a bad rap beyond, you know, saturated fat content and things like that. So if you didn't know that, now you do. And meats account for 57% of foods greenhouse gas emissions with dairy being 18%. Fish and seafood account for less than 6%, beverages 6%, eggs 3%, veggies 2.6%, fruit 1.6%, and grains 2%. The more you eat foods like vegetables, fruits, and grains instead of meats and dairy, the lower your carbon footprint will be. And if you are curious at what your own carbon footprint is, you can actually calculate that at the Environmental Protection Agency website, and we'll link that in our description box so you have that available to you. Very cool. I know. It's <laughs> cool. I'm totally doing it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I think a lot of people want to do something to help the environment, you know, mm -hmm. so this um, this is really good. So hopefully the food industry is going to get on board as well. Um, but something that you can do today is eat some more veggies and fruits, which is what we which recommend. Which we love. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and that and that. <laughs> yes. And plant-based proteins, which are really good for you. Mm -hmm. um, so the next trend we're going to talk about is nutrition to help you age well. So it's not just about living longer. That was a big focus it's about living well and aging well and Amanda is gonna talk about this yes so people are getting more interested in managing the risk factors and improving health with food what we like to call food as medicine because it can improve a lot of risk factors such as heart health blood sugar blood pressure cognition cancer obesity <laughs> a popular diet trend is the mind diet that's an acronym m-i-n-d it stands for mediterranean dash diet intervention for neurodegenerative delay <laughs> glad we can say mind instead of <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
In an epidemiological study in almost 1,000 people over almost five years, it showed adhering to the MIND diet significantly decreased cognitive decline. More controlled research is definitely needed, but these are healthy eating habits that we already recommend, so there's no need to wait and see if it helps your brain. You can implement these foods studied in the MIND diet now. They include vegetables, especially green leafy vegetables, berries, nuts, olive oil, whole grains, beans, fish, poultry over red meat most of the time, one glass of wine per day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it actually was in the study, yeah. and yeah. people who had one glass had a less cognitive decline than people who had none. So there you go. Okay. So one glass, when we say one glass, we mean five ounces is one serving of wine. Yes, thanks for coming. <laughs> yes, this is true. Yeah, keep this all on. You're not fun, Amanda. <laughs> and then lastly, adaptogens are showing up on food labels. There's more information to follow. I'm going to do a, a podcast on adaptogens because I find that very fascinating. Mm -hmm. But adaptogens are natural substances that are thought to help the body handle stress that typically disrupts the body processes in a healthier way so the body can return back to its normal equilibrium. Yes, very good. So also, uh, more people are looking for healthy lifestyle changes over diets that may not be healthy or sustainable. And that's something I'm seeing that, that people that we're working with are not coming in as much anymore and saying, help me with this particular diet, um, So, which is very refreshing. <laughs> so, um, so, you know, we're seeing these uh, decreases in traditional fad diets, um, those, like things like um, Atkins or um, really the low carb keto types of diets are actually showing a big decrease in how many people are searching for them and looking for information about those this year. And so, um, you know, and people are looking more about lifestyle changes if it is a fad, which this is something I, I was asked about actually this week in the gym, um, this blue zone diet. Mm -hmm. Have you yeah, somebody that? asked me about it too. <laughs> I hadn't really heard so, about it. Though, yeah. Blue zones. So this is, this is really interesting. So I thought, um, you know, I talked a little bit about this you may have heard about the blue zone diet so um, so this was um, this was brought about by um, someone named Dan Butner who um, works for National Geographic writes for them and is a fellow for them and he um, looked for eight years just at different communities around the world to see you know who lived the longest and mm -hmm. what those people did <laughs> in those areas and so people who have um, a very long lifespan um, he considered these areas blue zones and so that's what that means um, and so and those um, areas that had remarkable longevity um, that he looked at were Okinawa Japan Sardinia Italy Nicoya Costa Rica Icaria, Greece, and Loma Linda, California. And in California, we know just as nutrition people that that is the home of the a big population of the Seventh-day Adventists, mm -hmm. which is how we got a lot of research on plant-based eating and why we know that it is really healthy. Um, so, um, so if you don't know anything about um, Seventh-day Adventist or Loma Linda, you should look it up online because it's really interesting. We won't go into all that today, but um, yeah. but it, so we'll go over a few of those things. So, um, so when they looked at those populations and thought, okay, these are the areas that people live the longest, um, then they looked at, okay, what are their habits? What do they do? And, um, and, and I found this really interesting um, 
because it is really just about a healthy lifestyle. <laughs> so it's what it is. And so, um, but what they found, um, and again, this is association, not causation. Um, so there were no, you know, controlled, we'll put this population. So there could be some other factors in there, um, but, but it is definitely something interesting and hopefully we'll look at a little bit more. Um, but um, there was an abundance of legumes, which are beans and peas, which is so interesting because a couple of years ago, those were on the no-no list that a lot of fad diets, these are not That's something true. that you, mm -hmm. if you look at Whole30 yep. um, and those kinds of diet plans, don't eat legumes or yep. what they mm -hmm. would say. So I just, we, you know, as dietitians, we, we find this all very interesting <laughs> because we've always yeah. recommended beans and legumes mm -hmm. because they are healthy um, and the healthiest populations do eat them. So um, also um, plenty of whole grains. Again, another thing on all of the, you know, um, types of diets that are lower carb um, have said not to have and that grains are unhealthy for you. Um, and then your starchy veggies like corn, another vilified food. <laughs> so um, sweet potatoes, potatoes, you know, those kinds of things. And so um, so just very interesting um, whenever you look at this um, and how people um, can be swayed by what the media and people in the media are telling them. Plenty of greens, um, meat about five times a month. <laughs> So oh, wow. not five times a week, <laughs> which most people do a lot more than that, um, which, which, you know, that's, that's okay. But, um, but those populations um, didn't eat a whole lot of meat. Um, fish one to two times a week. So a little bit more often, small amounts of cheese were included in a lot of those areas. Very little, if any, processed foods um, in those areas and really no processed meat. So, um, so that's your bacon. <laughs> so people understand so not that you again can never eat those things but it's um, but um, a lot of the fad diet says that you know eat as much bacon as you want but but don't eat a piece of bread you know um, may or may not be the best option so, um, so so that's interesting and again we're not going to go into a whole lot of information about that but really um, there also were things about community um, making sure you have a support system being active decreasing stress. Um, the Seventh-day Adventists start at Friday night um, as kind of their Sabbath and they turn, There's there are no electronics, there is no, you Ooh, are with your I family. Want that for yeah, um, and then all day Saturday until Sunday morning. So, like so they, um, they volunteer together. Um, so it's just kind of taking it back to more of a simple time. But I do think that's like we talked about Meatless Mondays. Um, you know, that's something that maybe everyone can take come from this too and and what they're looking at is it is okay to regroup slow down focus on what's important community friends yourself for one day a week you know having yeah. none of that um, would be very challenging yeah. you know but a little bit of that might be something that we all could do better with as well so Agreed. I just want to say about the blue zones is that National Geographic printed a cookbook written by that Dave Mm -hmm. Something with a B. Butner. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he has a cookbook and a book. Yes. Um, which is very popular right now. Yes. So, um, the, the cookbook's yes. really, yeah. it's really good. Yeah. So. I, I saw that Check they had a cookbook. So, we can um, put a link in the description yeah. box. And, and they also, because I went on the website for the Blue Zones, and um, they have an assessment tool as well. Mm -hmm. And so they ask you questions about just all the things that these they found that these people had in common um which was really interesting but then you had to give them your contact information to get, uh, your, to results. get your results so yeah, i didn't do it <laughs> in your credit card your social security number 
<laughs> I will tell you that. So I don't know. I probably should have done it just so I could have done it to tell you guys what would happen. But um, I just get so many emails anyways. And so, yeah. And I, you know, um, so I find this interesting. But um, but they do have an assessment tool um, that is, that is free, that's possibly. Cool. Cool. Um, they might contact you a bunch or try to sell you something afterwards, which which whatever. That's that's okay. But yeah. Um, so yes, but um, but we'll definitely link that. So um, so the other trend that we're seeing, the next trend, which is very much related to blue zones um, and something that we have always recommended um, is plant-based eating. So Alex is going to talk about that. Yeah. And flexitarian is something that is coming. It's a word that's being used a lot more and it's really just plant-based eating with occasional meat and fish in there. So it's not your strict vegetarian or vegan, but you're a little more flexible with it. Hence that's, flexitarian. Yeah. That's kind of the blue zone. That it way, is kind you know, of the blue zone. Are, yeah. So, yeah. Okay. So I think that would be something to adapt if you don't want to be strict vegan vegetarian maybe adapting more flexitarian type of eating um, it's definitely becoming more mainstream people are seeing the benefit of eating mostly plants even if you eat some meat as well so that's that flexitarian type type of eating some people are more interested in health benefits such as research-backed improvements in lifespan and overall health if done correctly some people are more interested in environmental benefit due to less production of greenhouse gases, better use of land, and more sustainable practices to provide food for more people. So watching our carbon footprint and then just the benefit of plant, plants in general and eating what's coming from the earth and all that stuff. People are getting more on board with that, which is exciting. Yeah, that is exciting. That's yes. great. So um, another trend is eating to support your immune system with COVID and all those oh, things. Yeah. Alex is going to talk about that as well. Yes. So with COVID hitting us hard, especially right now, people are focusing more on their immune systems and many people have been supplementing vitamins and minerals. Um, but people are looking for ways that they can eat to improve their immune system with whole foods, which is a good thing. There is synergy with nutrients from food that you don't find in supplements, which means that nutrients and foods work together to get an even better result than the nutrient by itself. So yes, supplements have their place, but we don't want you just taking supplements and not eating fruits, veggies. Be sure you're getting fruits, veggies, good sleep, lots of water, exercise, all the things that we've been recommending because um, food does have a synergistic effect um, when eating it together. Um, nutrients that are on top of the list for helping support your immune system are found in fruits, veggies, whole grains, healthy proteins, nuts, seeds, and seafood, and include things such as vitamin A, D, C, E, B6, B12, folate, zinc, iron, copper, selenium, omega-3s. Um, so lots of different nutrients that are going to help us with our immune system. And I immune sense support. a trend in these mm -hmm. trends. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Lots of just plant more plants. Yeah. Yeah. There, there is there a trend. And they all, yeah. So which is it's a good thing. Which yes. makes it easier, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I love it. Um, next, which is another interesting thing that, that I saw and I'm hearing a lot about too, but are sea veggies, mm -hmm. like seaweed, sea lettuce, sea asparagus, which I've never had. Me so either. Sarah's gonna talk a little bit about those. Yeah, so I, I did actually Google what sea lettuce and sea asparagus looks like mm -hmm. just to see if it looked different, and it does. Mm -hmm. um, and same with like, I mean, people have probably either tried or seen like seaweed chips or like the, um, like crunchy seaweed strips mm -hmm. and they do the same with sea lettuce and sea asparagus I don't know where you can get them from I've never seen them in Walmart but maybe Hy-Vee maybe natural grocers here so anyways um, what they are is you know along with the sustainability factor that we've been talking about is they do have less carbon footprint than land vegetables and research shows that certain types of seaweed may actually decrease methane production from cows if added to their feed I wonder if there's research 
done on cows and things. There is, there is. And that's, I found some, and there needs to be more done, yeah. which is what the research said. But they, there was the research that I found showed that certain types of seaweed mm-hmm. added, and they're still looking at, is this the best, the amounts, but it decreased it um, by in the 90% what? range for methane oh. production wow. and gas. Because you do wonder, because there are tons of animals that eat tons of things, mm-hmm. and humans as well, you know, um, but if we change what we feed cows, yep. maybe it can help. So, so yeah. interesting. interesting. How so. many types of seaweed are there? A bunch, I think. Yeah, <laughs> a bunch. So Jeez. it depends on where it's grown. I mean, there's, there's yeah. all sorts of, and again, we, we could probably do a whole We're podcast such on nerds. this. Yeah, we love it. But it's very stuff. interesting. And there's this whole aquaculture that is, you know, in um, some, you know, other countries that mm-hmm. we really yeah. haven't done. Yeah. Um, haven't tapped into that yeah. much. Yeah. So, but interesting. Yeah, yeah. and they're also more ne- nutrient dense than other vegetables. They actually do have a little more protein, some more fiber, iodine, vitamins A, B, C, and E, and they're excellent sources of calcium and iron along with antioxidants. And they are easier and faster to grow than land vegetables, but be aware that sea vegetables often do contain some amounts of lead, cadmium, and arsenic, which are heavy metals and they can cause harm if consumed in large amounts and then additionally because they are great sources of iodine too much iodine can also be harmful for your thyroid and too many heavy metals can lead to cancer so keep your intake at one serving per day don't just (laughs) live off of seaweed and sea asparagus (laughs) (laughs) you're gonna yeah because oftentimes it's like oh these are good well more is better so you do have to watch that great you know they do have a lot of nutrients in their dense but Mm -hmm. um, but we do have to watch that so um and you know, Consumer Labs is a third-party testing organization that actually um, did a whole article on um, seaweed products, mm-hmm. and so there were a couple that they that they did show that had no very low levels of those heavy metals, and so um, so you can you know you can subscribe to that. It's a great organization. I highly recommend it. Um, I don't want to steal their info and tell everyone, um, but you could go there and find out what the report said. <laughs> so, um, but it's but. That's really good, and I think worth um, the subscription. We look at that all the time when we're helping um, recommend things. So, um, so yeah, so very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but and also with the heavy metals, and um, just watch with your kids intake as well, or um, younger, smaller people. So um, because they are at a higher risk for having negative effects for smaller amounts. Um, next, which I'm really excited about too, this trend is just people are wanting more quality food, Yay. which I mm-hmm. think is very exciting. Sarah's going to talk about that. Yeah, this is probably one of my favorite things mm-hmm. to talk about as a dietitian because I feel like it's often forgotten about um, because people put such an emphasis on like, get your protein in, eat your macros, this is the amount of calories you're supposed to eat. And so like fat-free cheeses and processed protein powders and you know all of those things that have extra stuff in there that we don't necessarily need you know starts to go to the top of the totem pole and then all of those really quality foods that are more dense in calories or whatever start to get dropped off and that's not necessarily what we want you to um, think of whenever you think of healthful foods and Cassie said this and I've said this before but we like to look at the ingredient labels before we look at the nutrition facts labels obviously we want to make sure you're getting you know good quality protein and the right types of fats and things like that but we want you to have overall quality um, ingredients as well and there is more interest you know in how food is grown what's in it where it's produced and how it can improve your health and excitingly enough consumers are getting smarter and they're learning how to read labels and just understand you know food marketing in general and due to you know the research 
research negative health effects of junk foods, people are wanting to avoid or limit um, those more processed foods. And if you are interested in more information on the quality of food, because yeah, we could sit here and have a whole podcast on it. We actually already do have a podcast on it. It's called What's Really in the Food That You're Eating. So feel free to check that out if you want more info. Yes. So that's good. So, um, and I do think, I also think we have a podcast on some of the nutrients that are helpful for your immune system and where you can find those Mm -hmm. um, nutrients Mm -hmm. and food too. So yeah. So, um, so yeah, we have that. So awesome. Um, next is intuitive eating and Amanda's going to talk about that. Mm -hmm. So many people are getting tired of diets. Thankfully it's about time people (laughs) (laughs) strict rules and want to bring the joy back to eating. So intuitive eating is an anti-diet mentality with the focus on enjoyment of food, balancing foods that promote health with fun foods. There are no good or bad foods. All foods can fit. Um, No cheats or yo-yo dieting, and that's something we can definitely get behind. Mm -hmm. And the intuitive eating principles, they have a bunch of books and a a really expansive and complex website, so feel free to like order those books and read them or ask us about them. Yeah, and we have um, intuitive eating books in our library as well that are free um, for people to borrow, Mm -hmm. so you can always come by and check it out at the Mm -hmm. front desk Mm -hmm. as well. So we need to get the Blue Zone um, books to uh, go there too. We'll add that to you. So if you don't want to purchase something, you know, we like we always say we're nutrition nerds and we love reading and having those books. So mm-hmm. um, I have all the books. <laughs> so, um, so you can come, but you can come borrow them for free. Just bring them back. <laughs> so um, next is meal prep. And I thought I mean, that was good. We just talk about that too. Yes. So, so meal prep. So if you didn't know, I manage the meal prep program. So if you want meal prep, hit me up at Amanda at AchievingYourBest.net. <laughs> okay. So people are wanting to make wanting ways to make healthy eating work for their busy lifestyle. Many people got out of the habit of eating fast food during COVID and they enjoyed eating at home with their family more often. So as we get back to our busy schedules, people want to keep this going and these are some of the popular ways people are making this happen. So you can hire a chef <clears throat> or a meal prep service. <laughs> and it is more realistic than people realize. Because yeah. yes. I think people often think, oh, that is not in my budget to have a chef, you know, yes. but we do, we definitely make it in a way that people can afford it. So yeah, yes. we're not here to steal your money. So yes. we want to no. provide quality services. And Amanda can send a quote to if you're just interested she can kind of let you know how much you'd be looking at yes exactly it's personalized for your nutrition needs by a dietitian and it is very realistic Mm -hmm. and a lot of people enjoy it so hiring a chef or meal prep service okay making time to plan or using easy quick healthy foods Um, so sitting down like once a week or a couple times a week and making a plan for what you need to pick up at the grocery store or order on your online grocery delivery service Um, Online shopping is more popular than ever to help us save time and meal kits to help people eat at home as well. Yeah, that's all good. And that's, it's always funny to see. I love going to the grocery store after the new year to see, you know, what's out, what they have out there. And it's always like protein bars and protein shakes. Yeah. But then I also saw at Hy-Vee, I'll give a shout out to them. Um, they had a ton of pre-cut vegetable mm-hmm. kits and pre-cut fruit kits. And so, um, so they, more than usual. So they were really trying to help people. Um, so you can easily do those kinds of things as well, just to help with your prep time. Cause sometimes that's, that is what people mm-hmm. need. So, um, so yeah, thank you, Amanda. Mm-hmm. Um, also local seasonal and regional foods. Yes. People are embracing different cultures and flavors from specific regions and cooking more diverse and flavorful foods. This is something fun to like get into with 
your family if you start cooking more at home is like experimenting with different seasonings, um, looking up different cultural foods. Um, something I've been into lately is like curried dishes, which mm. is like an Indian trend. So, and eating local and supporting small businesses continues to be um, important to a lot of people. And we have many like locally sourced food restaurants like Derby Deli, Culture Counter. There's a lot around Springfield. Yes. People in Springfield really value local producers. And then also buying and eating produce that's in season saves money and the produce will taste better. Yes, for sure. it does. Definitely. So, mm-hmm. so people are just starting to notice those, those things. And so, and, um, I think that's good. And I, I can taste a huge difference, um, in like the box turtle farm lettuces versus the other lettuces that you might get. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and those are local and you can find those at Mama Jean. So, um, so yeah, so maybe you start noticing that and seeing how much better the food tastes. Um, mm-hmm. and then you're supporting, um, small farms and things that maybe don't have as big of an environmental impact as mm-hmm. well, um, as a nice that's little, addition so um so next the next trend is changing your negative covid related habits and maintaining positive ones and this is actually our last one so um but you know a lot of people created habits we've seen this actually in research um during covid whenever we had lockdown so um you know and a lot of at this point you know what we're we talk to people all day long about habits and healthy habits and i think a lot of people have kind of gone through all the stages of grief with covid and so you know first people maybe were in denial and then you know they were angry and then they were sad so I kind of feel like it's you know because it, it has definitely been a life-changing event um, for everyone and so I think a lot of people are kind of at that acceptance sa- stage at the moment with COVID okay this is here to stay and we may need to learn to live with it so um, so you know and some people are just tired of being in the COVID rut with their health and want to kind of take control over or something um, because you know everyone was kind of forced to do um, stop maybe doing certain things that they enjoyed and do other things and so um, you know more people are realizing that um, you know the best defense against the negative health of COVID is to be at a healthy weight and control your risk factors for chronic diseases and have a healthy body so um, you know this is something I've talked about before but I don't think this has been talked about enough just with what we're trying to tell people to do to help um, with the outcomes of COVID, but you can control your health. You can control, um, you know, those types of risk factors, which is shown to be helpful in more positive outcomes if you get COVID. So, um, so that's something that we can't stress enough. Um, so, um, so you know, some of the trends that are common related to COVID include getting back to exercise and focusing on moving more. We know that a lot of people moved less. Some people really thrived during COVID because they had more time. You know, some people actually uh, maybe created some better habits and are trying to keep those, which is awesome. Um, also uh, managing stress and anxiety in ways other than eating because during COVID we saw trends of people having more, you know, snacking and stress eating, boredom eating, you know, those kinds of things. So, um, so people are kind of trying to figure out at least what we're seeing about managing their stress and anxiety in other healthier ways. Um, Continuing to eat at home. I love that trend. People eat less fast food. Um, A lot of times people, if you get out of the habit of that, it doesn't taste as good. And so you try to get, um, you know, those other um, other ways that you can eat at home and have that be easy. Um, And then also, you know, we've been kind of in survival mode in general with COVID. I think people are starting trying to get out of that and go to the more of a thrive mode, um, which is optimal eating, exercise, 
and lifestyle to give yourself the best fighting chance at beating whatever the world throws at us. We don't know what is coming ever. Um, and that's one lesson that we've definitely learned. Um, and we do realize that COVID can be more complicated than this, but the reality is, is that we know that being healthier helps prevent people have um, from having those negative COVID outcomes and your health is something that you can control. And so here's to 2022 and achieving your best health. Yay. <laughs> so, I love it. Yeah. Um, so if you like today's topic, go ahead and like this episode and add a comment below. If you've been listening to Practical Nutrition for a while or are brand new to our channel, go ahead and leave us a five-star review. We would love that. We're continuously trying to grow this platform and share all of the nutrition knowledge that we can and those reviews can help us to do that and reach more people. So thanks for tuning in today's for today's episode and we'll see you next time. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye.